Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 4, Episode 25. Today we're talking about Don't Open Till Christmas from 1984, directed by Edmund Purdon. I'm Joel Escola. And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Welcome to the dumpster. We've made it, Joe. We've made it to our season finale. We're in the deadlights now. <laughs> Don't look, Georgie! <laughs> we we're here. Oh my goodness. It's been a hell of a year, man. Let me tell you something. Ah yeah. And here we are in the in the episode twenty-five. We only had twenty-five episodes this season, but we I felt like we put out a shit ton of content. Oh yeah, we had like a, what about twelve episodes of t- uh, Tales from the Dark Side. We did a bunch of uh, book to the movie yeah. episodes, a few minis uh, sprinkled throughout. Our wrap-ups was a new thing this year. The live wrap-ups were new. Yep. Watch-alongs over on Patreon and uh, commentary tracks came out in full effect this year. Oh, big time. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash movie dumpster <laughs> uh, to, to hear all that good stuff. And uh, if you want to hear our Christmas or rather watch our Christmas uh, watch-along special, uh, the replay's up there now for 5 and $10 tiers. Yeah, that replay's up for the Christmas special 2021, our first our first annual Christmas special. Yes, if you want to see what, what, what Frosty Returns is all about, I spoke <laughs> about it many seasons ago uh, on this podcast. Uh, we finally watched it, and uh, that's all I'm really going to say about it. You gotta go over to Patreon to see what else we uh, we watched. We uh, had our eggnog and we had our ugly sweaters on, Joe. Oh yeah, man, we had our ugly, ugly sweaters. I'm, I'm sure everybody at home had their ugly sweaters on too. But it was um, it was something special that we hadn't done before, and we put together. Uh, I had a lot of fun putting together the uh, the programming because we did uh, we did like short uh, Christmas specials intertwined with some other goodies, and uh, well. You got to sign up for that Patreon and check it out. You, I'm not going to tell you all about it. Yeah. If you like vintage commercials, I don't know, maybe sign up for it. It'll make sense when you watch it. I won't say anything else. We had a really good time, but uh, but we could talk about that on the on the year wrap-up. Yes, yes. And uh, we also did put out that commentary track, that double feature with Hack the Movies, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Uh, we both put that out on our Patreon, and uh, Tony put that on his Patreon over at Hack the Movies. Uh, check that out. Oh, yeah. And if you haven't signed up for us or Tony, then just, you know what? Just sign up for both. Just make it easy. The ki- the gift that keeps on giving all year, the Patreon gift. So, just like the Jelly of the Month Club, Joe. <laughs> for sure. It's, de- it's definitely not a bag-over-the-head, punch-in-the-face bullshit uh, gift, you know? And it's definitely not cranberry sauce. No, it's definitely it's, it's most certainly not cranberry sauce. Now, don't open till Christmas. Yeah, so here we are, our last episode of Trashing Through the Snow 2021 and our last main episode for Movie Dumpster Season 4. Don't open till Christmas. Well, guess what? You can open this. You can open this uh, the, the night before. Did you do that at your house? Did you open a present on Christmas Eve before Christmas Day? Uh, some years we would do that, some not. Uh, I do that more with my wife's family. But uh, did you uh, did you do that? 
No, we never did that. But you know, you know what? All the listeners at home can do it today because this comes out on <laughs> Christmas Eve, and this is your gift from us to you. Yeah, maybe you're driving down to the relatives, or flying, or or maybe you're just hunkering down at home. You know, cooking a turkey or got a ham with a vegetable lasagna in the oven. Oh, the fucking classic spiral ham with all that sweet fucking glaze all over it. Maybe, maybe you got some chunky chicken. I don't know. Maybe you like the kind of stuff that uh, Charnetsky's eating around this time of year. It's you know they do it that way in japan dude kfc baby (laughs) is charnetsky like the uh, kfc santa like he goes to japan (laughs) and he's like airdropping these into into japanese homes Uh, chunky chicken to wall and to wall a good night there okay he makes dobby go with them to drop the buckets of uh, gravy and mashed potatoes don't you drop that dobby who do you think goes down the chimney not charnetsky he sends the fucking elf to go down that chimney He gives him a little plastic bag full of the food, drops it down the hole. Oh, my God. Watch out for the Rottweilers. <laughs> Sorry about that, Elfin Ooten. Tough break. He keeps, like, he keeps fucking uh, calling uh, Haggerty. Hey, you got that Potter guy's number? The, <laughs> the elf fucking died again. <laughs> Can you use that medallion to bring him back again? He's he, he, I, Another one bites the dust, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, here we are, Christmas Eve, and we got, we, we you know... We're opening it up. Here we go. So uh, don't open till Christmas. Uh, this is a British flick. It's a, it's a, it's. I would call it an exploitation movie for sure, because um, it's produced by Stephen uh, Manasian and Dick Randall, and Dick Randall is uh, known for his exploitation flicks. Like you know, they, they this this is the team that brought us uh, Pieces. Oh, if you've seen that flick, yeah. Uh, which we're we're gonna get back to that in a second. Um, but also Slaughter High and you know the Great Giallo, the Girl in Room Two A, and Crocodile, and a couple of the uh, Emmanuel movies. They they uh, are specifically Dick uh, produced. Yeah, this this movie has weird Giallo vibes. Like not not fully, but elements from Giallo movies in it. Um, there's a Euro thing going on for sure. Uh, with this flick. Like, there's a mystery to trying to figure out who the killer is. Yeah, it, you know, it it feels like, it kind of feels like a cash-in of Halloween a little bit. We'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Um, it, It's right on that train, right? I mean, it's just come out in 84, so we're, we're a few years removed, but uh, it's just a, it's a weird oddball, oddball movie. When does Silent Night, Deadly Night come out? Isn't that 84 as well? I'm almost positive. Yeah. No, that's 1984 too. You're yeah, right. Yeah, so I, I guess this, this is the Brits' answer to that, kind of. <laughs> I Maybe. We get the Santa Killer movie, and then we get the Santa Killer movie. Yes. Wait, what? <laughs> the Killer Santa movie, and then the Santa Killer movie. There you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So um, before we get into the um, into the, the, the release of this film, <laughs> man... This is another one of those that had, like, a really fucked up production. Shocker. Yeah, Edmund Purdon is the Dean from Pieces, so he's... I'm not going to spoil it, because... Did you see... Have you seen Pieces? Uh, I have not, but I know of it, so I know kind of what I'm getting into when we do watch it, but I I don't know a ton about it. Okay, well, make sure when you watch it, you don't hit rewind and pause and any of that bullshit (laughs) like you did for uh, Deep Red. Yes, do what you want. (laughs) Well, if you want it ruined, be like Sean. (laughs) Um, <laughs> I'm sure a bunch of the listeners ha- have seen Pieces. It's a classic, uh, low budget exploitation slasher. Um, yeah. So Edmund Purdom is the um, is the dean in that movie, and he's Detective Harris in this. Now, <laughs> when he was approached to do this film, 
because he stars in it as one of the main characters, he was adamant that if he starred in it, that he wanted to direct it, right? This is like some, uh, what was that guy's name? The Dick Van Dyke's grandson. Shane, oh, Van, Shane Dyke. Van Dyke. This is yeah. like some Shane Van Dyke. I'll only do Titanic 2 if I can direct and star in it. This is an Asylum production, dude. He So he's directing the movie, and then one day he just fucking quits. And he's like, I'm not going to go I'm not going to direct this anymore. Bye. But I'm still going to be in the movie. Um so he fucking quits and he's replaced by Derek Ford. Now Derek Ford comes in. Okay, I was wondering about that credit cuz there's a credit in the opening sequence that says additional sequences by. Yeah, now Derek Ford I believe comes in and shoots all the additional gore parts for this movie or ups the ups the killing, I think. Um I believe that's correct. If it's not, uh sue me. Um, but he's fired two days after they fucking hired him because I guess I, I don't know why there's nobody knows why. At least I don't know why. Um, then he gets, so we got another director coming and this is the third fucking director. Oh my God. Um, by Ray Self, he comes in and, uh, he rewrites it with another writer, a port, port, like big swaths of the film and then like reshoots big portions of the movie. What? Yeah. Big portions of the movie he he redoes and apparently reinstates the original ending. So, um, and he might have shot some additional gore as well. I'm not sure. It's either Ray or Derek. I'm not sure which one of them did that, but they definitely put in more uh, uh, gore sequences. So, like I said, it was produced by Stephen uh, Manazian and, and Dick Randall. But, so this film comes out, Vestron... Uh, picks up the distribution rights and puts it out um, on home video in the UK and the US. Now, this is the version that we watched for this review. We watched my Vestron VHS of Don't Open Till Christmas. Yes, we did, and I love seeing that logo, Joe. Oh, man, and it's the classic Vestron, right? The big yes. fucking V, not like uh, not the not the red ball with the little things around it. Like, it's the classic... Love it, gotta love it. Now I, now I've read that the 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 UK VHS is cut, but there was a lot of stuff. Now I've only seen one version of this, right? I don't have the DVD of this, and I haven't seen it streaming anywhere. I've only watched it on tape. So, and there's a decent amount of gore in the uh, in the Vestron VHS release, but I do know that the UK is cut by like two minutes almost. Um, and but it was released uncut. Um, in Norway, I think, or Germany, one of those. So this makes its way to DVD and what? I think the first version of uh, this on DVD is released by Mondo Macabro. Um, I don't know what year that came out, but it's way out of print, and that fucking DVD is like a hundred bucks. Well, <laughs> that's actually kind of cheap when you think about it. Yeah, I, it's just crazy. Like of all, of all the things, right? It's crazy to me because I wonder how. I wonder if it's uncut first of all, and if it's like a good print of it because you can get this on DVD right now. It was the 2014 release by Mutant Sorority DVD. It's like 14 bucks on Amazon if you want to grab it, or you can grab the fucking Blu-ray, uh, the Spanish Blu-ray. It's 25 bucks um, if you have a region free player. I'll go for the 14 dollar one, Joe. <laughs> so, um, but the UK DVD 
which I believe is released the same time. Sorry, I don't have a date for the UK DVD either. Um, but it finally gets released in the UK uncut, and it reinstates all that cut gore, and it even has like a slight re-edit of the movie. They move some stuff around. Huh. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. So I'm very curious because... Again, I've only seen this movie in 4.3 in a shitty, grainy VHS. You know what I mean? And, like, so, like it's same thing with that Kindred when we did the Kindred. Like, it's very dark in a lot of scenes. It's very muddy. Yeah, I was having flashbacks to Home Sweet Home, Joe, to be <laughs> honest. I, I was waiting for a Body by Jake to jump out and just body slam us into the fucking ground. One of those Santas into oblivion. <laughs> Now, this is not the best Christmas horror movie by any stretch, but I like this movie. Um, I, I'd like to see it finally in a cleaned up uh, version for sure. But yeah, that's a, that's that's the longest. I mean, there's a couple of things I want to tackle along the way, but that's that's pretty much the backstory. So yeah, trouble production, all that bullshit. But yeah, I mean, uh, so with all that being said, uh, you want to plot crunch this? Sure. So we follow kind of this Santa Claus killer. Uh, kind of maniac style where you're seeing it through his POV of him just choking out and stabbing Santa Claus to death all over the place. <laughs> and then we uh, basically it kind of turns into a whodunit while these detectives and uh, this girl whose father who was a Santa Claus was murdered. Uh, she, her, she is also investigating it basically. And then it all kind of comes to a head at the end and it's revealed who did it. And then... Uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically the movie. I mean, it's kind of like a giallo in that respect, but, like, it doesn't have, like, a lot of the elements with, like, you know, one cliche, obviously, is, like, you know, the black gloves, or you see the killer's hands a lot. You don't really see that in this film. You'll see them occasionally, like, re- like at one point, the way he kills somebody's with, like, a rope wire, but other than that... Sure, I mean, you get the POV and the leather-gloved hands, and you get the straight razor and some of that stuff. A lot of straight razor. I was actually yeah. kind of impressed with that. De- definitely, definitely Italian-inspired, without a doubt. I mean, uh, for sure. But yeah, we're killing fucking Santa Clauses. Why? Let's find out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's not a ton more to the movie. I mean, there is that mystery element, but it is mostly just a lot of Santa Clauses getting taken out. We'll get to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So, yeah, we open up on this couple. Oh, my God. I really love this scene, man, because uh, it's like all POV. And you think it's just the camera, like, shooting like shooting a scene, right? And this couple, like, goes to their car to fuck or whatever. And then the camera becomes fucking Billy from, from Black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's obviously then the POV. And he's circling around this fucking couple's car. Mind you, the, the man is in a Santa Claus costume. And, uh... They're they're about to get it on in the back seat, and he's like, he gets out. He's like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" He gets fucking stabbed immediately. Before that, dude, like he, oh, so he's going around the car now. Well, that's why I love this shot because we circle this car like three times. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and he comes up to the one window, and he's looking in, and the guy's like, "Oh, I got the fuck out of here! We're trying to fucking here." And the lady's just like not having it, dude. She's like, "Yeah, whatever. Let him watch. I don't give a shit." And I'm like, "Okay." Yeah. Then he goes around to the other side, and this guy finally gets out, and uh, he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And he just stabs him right in his fucking stomach. Oh, yeah, and he's dead instantly. Oh, it's great. And then uh, you kind of have this terrifying scene where now this killer is, again, all from their POV, chasing after the woman, and she gets kind of trapped in the corner of this uh, dark alley, and, you know, it's fucking curtains for her. Oh, yeah. They both get stab- stabbity-stabbed. Sure do. Uh, hard cut to a 
Halloween, a, a, a costume Christmas party? Well, first, okay, real quick, we get this uh, intro credit after that scene where it's all the credits and it's just the shot of this fucking, like, statue of Santa Claus burning uh, while the credits kind of fly by. Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is, that's why I said it's kind of like Halloween. You know how, like, the, ja- it, you know how it's like that pan in on the jack-o'-lantern? Yeah, exactly. And it's this fucking weird Santa that's just, like, burning and melting on fire. It, it kind of, and, like, it has the credits to the one side it kind of reminded me of that uh and then yeah you're right joe we go to this costume party which is like okay costume party for christmas sure why not i love that we have this is this fucking caroline monroe song that's fucking playing this euro disco bullshit and i love it so much well and then we go to like the owner who we find out later is like our main character's father is basically like a sexy Santa, so he has like makeup and shit on. Well, not a sexy Santa. He's just doing the whole thing with like the rosy cheeks and shit. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Well, he's making it out to be like, oh man, am I looking too sexual? No. Well, the, the one guy Cliff comes. In, so it's so we get introduced to the dad and then Kate and uh, Cliff, which are right. the two main characters. And Cliff's like, oh, you look like a fucking queen there. And that was definitely an Australian accent and not a British accent. <laughs> but but Dad goes out there with his Santa outfit and he's doing like a song and dance number. And you see this hooded figure. Like it's I Know What You Did Last Summer walk in. And I'm like, oh boy. This guy's giving out presents and talking and shit. And the next minute, this fucking spear goes flying through the air and permeates the back of this guy's skull and comes out of his mouth. Meanwhile, this, like, pseudo-Jaws music was playing in this scene where it was, like, I know it's, like, the theme, but it's, like, kind of sounds like Jaws music where it's, like, darn it, darn it, darn it, darn it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, this guy's in trouble. So he's dead as a doornail. Um, and then I'm pretty sure we cut to um, Inspector Harris and Inspector Powell going to Kate's house, like, the next day. And Cliff is there, and Kate's there. Now, uh, Inspector Harris is is Edmund Purdom, like we said, and he's the director, and he's the dean in pieces, like I said. Um, and but we have Inspector Powell as well, and he's played by Mark Jones. And this motherfucker is Commander Nemet from Empire. So Empire Strikes Back, I mean. Oh yeah, they can't have disappeared. No ship that small has a cloaking device. That guy. That's okay. The guy. Yeah. Okay. He got paid. He had a line. Yeah. <laughs> He's in fucking Star Wars. It's just strange. Well, I guess a lot of those people were British anyway, right? Yeah. It was a British production, wasn't it, Star Wars? Man, now I can't get that scene out of my head. <laughs> I'm almost positive that's it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm a, I, I'm pretty sure that's it. So so they go into Kate's house, and Cliff looks like fucking Paul McCartney, so I'm going to call him Paul McCartney from here on out. <laughs> He kind of does. Especially on that fucking tape, dude. It's all muddy and, like, grainy and blurry and shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, this guy is just a loser and a half, right? Yeah. We don't even know what he really does. He's, like, a fucking busker, and he, like, plays his flute or something for money. Yeah, and he has and he has Kate stand there and collect money, I guess, with her tits <laughs> pushed out a little. Like, okay. So, uh, they go to question, uh, them both. <laughs> they're like, they're like, did your dad have any enemies? And Kate's like, everybody loved him. What are you talking about? <laughs> I love how they're like, oh, it, it was the costume. It was the Santa costume. It's been another, it's another Santa murder. I'm like, another Santa murder? You fucking people knew that, that if you were a Santa, wore a Santa costume, you'd get slaughtered, but you wore it anyway? 
Well, you know, there was that incident with uh, Dan Haggerty at the mall <laughs> with the uh, Santa getting killed. You remember they had the uh, the marker on the ground in the back room? Yeah, they had the chalk outline. Charneski <laughs> went fucking crazy. Tim Thomerson killed him in his Santa suit. Right, yeah, and Trancers, obviously. It's a whole, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing. It's an MDU thing. Uh, yeah, oh, it sure is. <laughs> it's a connection. Oh, man, is that going to be like a new hashtag? It's an MDU thing? Um, I don't know if we can really get that off the ground, but hey... If somebody listening wants to try. <laughs> dumpster, you're trying for that. Are you still trying for that dumpster licious or what? I'll be breaking it out at some point. Don't worry. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, Kate is uh, Belinda Maine, and uh, she was in a, she was in a few classics. Uh, Night Kill and Alien 2 on Earth. For, for those of you who have seen those movies and you haven't, go check them out. Oh, uh, then we get to another kill. There's just some fucking... They kill a lot of drunk Santas in this movie, by the way. Uh, man, every Santa is just totally obliterated like they're fucking hooched up like crazy he gets this guy because uh yeah he gets this guy who's out in an alley like smoking a cigarette and he gets him with a fucking garrote wire he's fucking he's like vending chestnuts we've come to find out and like sean said yeah he gets him with the fucking garrote wire and then shoves his face into like the 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 oven where he's like doing the chestnuts in this vending cart yeah and then he fucking lights on fire. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he just, like, pushes him into the fire at that point like a lump <laughs> of shit. Like, get it out of here. He just goes up in fucking flames, dude. He's the Yule Log. <laughs> oh, he's a log, all right. <laughs> so then we go to this, like, random scene of this guy on a motorcycle, and I'm like, all right. Who the hell is this? I love you- it. And and again, it's like it's again, it's like those it's like taking cues from like, you know, the Giallo movies or like the the Euro uh, crime movies at at this point. Yeah. But I'm expecting it to be one of the main characters. No, it's literally just a bike messenger with presents. He's got the special delivery, man. He's got the package, the big package, the one that we don't open till Christmas. He's got oh, the yeah. titular don't open till Christmas package. Right, the big old TM. Don't open till Christmas TM. R- right to uh, Inspector Harris, by the way. He, his um like maid, I guess. Mrs. Sherry gets the mail. Yeah, and she brings him the present. He's like, I don't want to open a fucking gift now. I'm going out to see you. And she's like, okay, well, I'll see you later. Bye. You know, there's just a random gift being mailed to the like, the head of the police. And it's like, don't open till Christmas. And he's just like, all right, well, I'll listen to it. <laughs> and apparently these murders have been going on for the past few weeks. So it's like, huh, that's a little suspicious. It's, like, you don't even read the fucking tag, though. And... And she doesn't even mention that, well, I guess we could spoil it now, right? Fuck it. Yeah, who cares? This is a movie dumpster. We assumed you want to know what happened in the movie or you've seen it and you want to hear what the fuck we have to say. Well, because the maid never addresses that it's from his brother. And that's like a big plot point later in the movie. And it's like, well, why the fuck wouldn't she tell him that? Right. And he doesn't even bother to look at it. He would have inspected it better, I think. You would think, especially like, you know, you find out his brother's like nuts by the end of the movie. And it's like, yeah, you'd be like, oh, shit, I got a letter from that guy. I don't know if I should open this. Yeah, I haven't seen him since he was locked up in the penitentiary, by the way. so he's so he hooks up with Powell and he's like and they're talking about the killings and shit and he's like oh, so you think we got a psychopath on our hands and he's like yeah I would say we do what do you think it's uh, by the way folks this is like very dry British humor like through and through yeah I will say this though he does comment that uh, a- anyone wearing a Santa outfit this time of year is considered a holy person and I just have to mention again. Our friend Dan Haggerty, the blue. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed, you're right, pal. Uh, at- it, they they are a holy person. Whoever dons the red the red coat gets the magic powers, right? Yeah. I mean, I saw Tim Allen's the Santa Claus. I think that's how it works. <laughs> 
it's a magic power wearing the Santa coat or something. You gotta read the fine print. Powell says some shit like he thinks it's like a gang killing for like turf war Santas. Like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, well, what is this jingle all the way? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no. The fucking Santa Mafia? I don't know. Yeah, the big show and, uh... Vern Troyer. Yeah, and Vern Troyer are gonna show up. They're gonna come up with fucking two Tommy guns and fucking hold... <laughs> just mow down the other Santas. Rudolph sends his regards. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's while Angels and Demons fucking plays in the background. <laughs> from Home Alone. Angels and Demons? You mean Angels with Filthy Souls? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tom Hanks is there? Or, or, or the bad Tom Hanks movie, you know. One or the other. Tom Hanks is there, yeah. He's got the cryptex and shit. All I want for Christmas is to crack this code. So they're at, uh, so we cut back to Kate and Cliff, and they're at uh, Kate's apartment, and she's all down in the dumps. And this guy's such a fucking asshole, man. He's like, come on, let's go out. And she's like, are you kidding? My dad just died. And he's like, yeah, well, another one died. Did you read the news? She's like, no, I didn't read the news. He's like, yeah, another fucking Santa dead. Let, let, come on, let's go hang out. Let's go have a beer or something. <laughs> Their story is weird, too, because at some point, I know it's a little bit later, but they end up at, like, this photographer friend's fucking apartment with this, like, woman who's getting nude photos done, and then, like, Cliff is just basically, like, agreeing to have, like, his his girlfriend photograph without asking her and then like it, it's like a weird like fucked up situation and then cliff's like pissed when she doesn't want to do it yeah well hold on <laughs> because there's a reason why for all of those yeah things. i'm sorry just that 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 part stuck out at me you're good so we so we get introduced to giles who is the fucking killer spoilers yeah which i didn't see coming which i guess they succeed then but also like it would have been way more interesting if it was actually Harris or actually Powell. Yeah, he bumps into he bumps into Kate and um you know, he's like a news rep- he he claims he's like a reporter for this paper and he like wants to ask her like how she's going to carry on after the killings and stuff and she's like that's really inappropriate. I got to go. Right, cuz he's like testing her almost. Like what is she going to say? Yeah, okay. So so yeah, Giles is the killer. It almost has this weird kind of tenebrae vibe going through this film um, yeah I, I i think that's what i would uh compare it to the most in terms of like the plot more or less like at at its core i think that's that's kind of what's going on here sure i would maybe argue that tenembrae is way better than this but okay whoa 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 whoa! i didn't say it was fucking <laughs> anywhere near as good as tenembrae whatsoever i just said at a base level it's very similar in plot yeah 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 um as far as like um somebody killing in order to keep up the air thereof like murder yeah no yeah yeah so we'll get we'll, we'll come back to that so yeah like like sean said they meet uh jerry uh or jerry jesus christ cliff meets his buddy uh at a bar and they like have a drink and he's like yeah you know i'm into photography now or whatever's um why don't you come down to my studio and he's <laughs> like all right sure he's like yeah bring uh bring the hot blonde with you what will you say mate and he's like uh, we're not taking any of those lewd pictures, are we? And he's like, no, of course not. None of that. Wink, 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 wink. Except we do. Because <laughs> as soon as we get there, Pat Astley's there with her fucking boobs hanging out. Oh, yeah. 
And, you know, of course, his his buddy Jerry, he's doing, like, the cliche, Oh, yeah, baby, give it to me, baby! Yeah, yeah! <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pat Astley, for those of you who don't know, the uninitiated uh, veteran sexploitation actress, go check her out, or go check out her movies. Um, so she, so she's there. She's, she's fucking hilarious in this. Um, she's always got some wise-ass comment to say. Oh, yeah, especially when she gets into that Santa outfit. Oh, yes. So Kate comes down, and she's, like, and she's like trying to coerce Kate to, like, take her clothes off for this fucking creepazoid. And uh, she's like, no, I'm not doing that. And the dude's like, all right, well, here we go. He brings out a fucking Santa suit uh, to for her to put on, and Karen... Or Kate fucking freaks the fuck out. Oh yeah, <laughs> and like runs out, and and uh, Cliff is like, "You son of a bitch!" He's like, "I should have, I should punch you in the face because you made, you were gonna put on a Santa costume." He's like, "That's not for her. That's for Sharon because we're gonna go do streaking photography. You know, when you put the coat on and then you take it off and you're naked and you're running outside in a public place?" Question mark. Yeah, but also like fuck Cliff because Cliff's like just signing up Kate for this, and he's like, "Well, it's like fifty bucks, babe. Come on, like we need the money." My plane ain't doing it, babe. It ain't paying the water bill. <laughs> this guy's busking with a fucking flute down at the fair, begging for change, and he's talking about her to make it her take her clothes off for 50 bucks. What are you talking about? Go get a fucking job yeah. at the mall or some shit. But then to really just sink his character, he doesn't chase after her and try to console her and be like, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Like, really sorry about Jerry bringing out that Santa suit. No, he just, like hangs out there with fucking Sharon and Jerry, and he's like, well, Sharon's ready to go. She's hot and heavy. Yeah, they, like, step outside, and uh, Jerry's like, oh, y'all, be right out, whatever, and he's, like, standing there with Sharon, and she's like, oh, look at me ooters. Aren't they lovely? And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, they sure are. Well, anyway, I gotta go back to my girlfriend. Uh, he only stops because some cops start coming up. If there was no cops there, he might as well have just bent her over and start a raw dog. <laughs> Okay, this is fucking weird, man, because, like, she's in a full costume. She's not bearing any nudity or anything, right? Why are they after her? And he's, like, they start freaking out, and they, like, run away, and he, like, runs in a totally different direction, and she runs down, like, a dark alley away from these cops. Well, we do get one of our most interesting scenes, I'll say, it, it because of this, because Sharon, in this, you know, scantily clad outfit, gets approached by the killer, who now is breaking out this fucking, you know... Razor blade. He's got a straight razor blade. He looks like a fucking knockoff of Alice Sweet Alice, the killer from that. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. He's got the, like, the, that, you know, those clear, like, vacuform, like, makeup masks, but, like, a dude. And he's got, instead of a yellow slicker, it's, like, a black one. He, you know what he looks like? He almost looks, so picture Joe Spinell and Maniac <laughs> without the beanie, <laughs> throw a hood on him, and put on the fucking Alice Sweet Alice mask, and there you go. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this movie made me think of Maniac a little bit. Not heavy duty. Maniac's obviously way more brutal than this, but... Uh, oh, it's got, it, it's got a bunch of touches of that, too, yeah. Yeah, just the way the POV is shot made me think of that a lot. But you're right. Uh, he does kind of look like that. And then for whatever reason, I guess because you find out later his trauma is from his father who was dressed as Santa, not a woman dressed like Santa. He just kind of caresses her with the edge of the blade and then lets her go. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's getting all gross and he's like running that fucking blade up and down her bod. And then he's like, <laughs> I see ya. And he like folds up the blade and just walks away. He made oatmeal in his underpants. He had to go take care of business. Oh, it's possible, man. He's got the chunk style. Oh, yeah, it's disgusting down there. So then, like, the cops f come and find her, and she gets arrested for indecent exposure. 
Yeah, which I thought was kind of weird because she's completely covered up. So, and then like Cliff strolls in, and Kate's like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Ah, yeah, uh, don't worry about it." Yeah, because <laughs> so <laughs> Harris, <laughs> Harris, and uh, Powell go to see Sharon. Uh, the chick in the in the Santa costume, and they like go to question her, like, "Oh, did you see the killer's face and all this stuff?" She's like, "Yes, but he was wearing a mask, so no, I didn't <laughs> see his face." Everybody loves to say that they're like, "Yeah, I saw his face. He was wearing a mask." But then they're all like, you know, her and another person say the same thing. But his eyes—it looked like they were <laughs> smiling back at me. It's it's smiling at me. Yeah, Matt, you like it doesn't make any sense because when you find out who the killer is at the end, I'm like, all right, and I, I no, this guy does not look like that pleasant. He just looks like dead-eyed. Yeah, I love the gag here. Is they're like, you were arrested for indecent uh, exposure, and she's like, indecent. I'm a professional, and then like proceeds to like pull her tits out again just because. Oh yeah, that part's great. Uh, so. So our next Santa, which I don't, he's not drunk. He's just a fucking weirdo, right? He just likes to peep because he goes down to the fucking peep show. Oh yeah, this old man. Yeah, Santa's getting his peep on. He he was he's like I work for the I woke up uh, the street at the department store, and it's one of those disgusting fucking places where like there's a girl behind glass. Yeah, and like and then you like talk to him like you're in jail, like on the fucking phone, and you have like you know you you know you talk nasty to each other, and they and then she fucking strips, and it's like okay, that's disgusting. Well, that's only if you pay five bucks, Joe. Then you can see your tits, and if you pay, uh, I think it's she said like ten or twenty, then she can go full uh... fifty pounds will get you whatever you want. Yeah. Exactly, and it's like this old, this old as fuck Santa who's like pushing seventy. Who's like, I live with my mother, and this <laughs> yeah, is the first she, time I've ever done this. She, she's like, he's like telling her her life story. Is this guy on break? He's on break from the department store, and he's like, I've never done this before, but I'm gonna go do it. Yeah, let's let's talk nasty to each other. Let me see your boobies. I feel death is onsetting. I'm getting up there in age. I might as well give it a shot. I wanted to see if my penis could still get hard. Kelly Baker, by the way, is is this uh, this little stripper girl, Sherry. Sherry, yeah, she's credited as as something else on IMDb. I they call her Sherry in the film. No, her name's definitely Sherry. But she's apparently like the owner's daughter, and there's like a joke about that later that I thought was like kind of stupid. Yeah, they're going back and forth, and I th- I thought that was pretty good goof because because he's like being all serious with her, and she and she's totally fucking with him. She's like, yeah, oh, she, he's like. You know, like Sean said, oh, I live with my mother. And she's like, yeah, me too. And she's like, what, what, oh, yeah. what would your mother say if she knew you were working here? And she's like, well, my mother made me work here because she owns the joint. And he's just like, and then she says some shit like, you know, I'm filling in for her or whatever. And then uh, he gets killed by straight razor. And then Eddie Quist comes up behind him and turns into a fucking werewolf and rips him to pieces. <laughs> I fucking wish. No, instead he just slits <laughs> his throat and blood gets all over the glass. So she, so now she's the witness. Now she's one of the only besides Sharon, she's the only other survivor who like has seen this guy, right? Now she okay. So Sharon has like a perfect view of this guy's face like up close and personal, stares at him for at least a good 20 30 seconds. This chick sees him for about a millisecond and then there's like blood sprayed all over the thing. She even says she can't see his face later and he's wearing a mask and there's blood obscured. Yeah. But somehow identifies the fucking guy later. But then they do this like red herring bullshit where they're trying to make you think it's Cliff because he's like cleaning his hand up and wrapping it up because he's like, oh, I cut myself. And it's like, oh, well, is Cliff the killer? It's like, uh, I don't buy this for a second. Harris comes in. 
and he's back at Kate's with Cliff. And, um, you know, Cliff's going on. He's like, yeah, I, I ran down Jerry and I busted it. I broke his jaw, love. Like, what do you mean? I was waiting for you. I was running around town looking for Jerry. And she's like, well, you should have came back to the house or whatever. And um, Harris basically thinks that it's Cliff. And Cl- Cliff's like, what? Because I was at both crime scenes. You think so? <laughs> yeah, he finally puts it together that he's the prime suspect. Then he finally starts pissing his britches like, ah, wait, 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 wait a second. I didn't do that. But it's impossible. And Harris is a bad cop. Well, yeah, I mean, come to find out that Harris has his own little fucking secret. Well, yeah, which we never really elaborate on. So then we cut to Giles, and he's, he's like, going through Powell's desk. And uh, now Powell's on to him, which, this is your prime suspect, right? He's going through your fucking desk. He doesn't work at the newspaper that he said he worked at. And then somehow Giles convinces Powell to, like, tell him that he should, like, look into Harris and he and to basically saying that, like, Harris is the killer. Yeah, he's like, you should try chaming him sometime. Yeah. <laughs> like, following him or whatever. Yeah. And Pal's like, I should try taming you. Or tailing, I think he says. Tailing him. Ah, taming, tailing. Either way, it's, uh, it's a pretty good line. Anyway, Pal starts following Harris. And uh, he, like, loses him around a corner or some shit. Again, more red herring bullshit. Yeah, there's a lot of red herrings in this film. And they they constantly show Harris gallivanting around town like fucking Christmas shopping. Yeah, but, like, it's... They're really bad. Like, like, nobody's stationary enough or in the right place at the right time enough for you to be like, oh, maybe it is him, you know? And it's like, you can't have the fucking... Fuck it, I'm gonna spoil pieces for you. the, The dean is the killer. He's the dean in pieces. Um... You can't have the killer from Pieces be the same killer in this fucking movie, you know? I mean, we, well, it, we as we find out, that's not the case. Uh, we have to we have to kill another Santa though, another drunk <laughs> one. Uh, who who gets fucking? Actually, this one gets chased down by a bunch of fucking stoner punkers. He's oh, on yeah. a bicycle. <laughs> He's They're like, come like, oh. back here, Santa, and they start chasing him. <laughs> what are you peddling, mate? And they just like go after him. They're like, what are you drunk? He fucking like they steal his bike and he like crawls down this fucking embankment. It's the weirdest fucking shit, man. Oh, and it's dark as hell in this scene. Like, I wish I had a mistake to look at. At least I have something to fucking, like, <laughs> put my eyes to. You can see his Kiss Army makeup in the dark, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, he's, like, running through the streets and ends up at London Dungeon, and it's like, okay, what is this set piece about? And for for, you, for those who don't know, London Dungeon is, like, a uh, a tourist attraction. It's like a... It's like a I would I would say it's akin to like a haunted house kind of thing where they have you know it's like a torture dungeon where there's like set up displays and dummies and shit and and weird walkthrough kind of stuff kind of like the haunted mansion I guess in uh, in Disney sort of uh, where there's like projected faces on things it's it's weird well like the killer he really goes after this Santa hardcore like he just keeps pursuing him into this fucking building this is like one of the only stock sequence no there's one other stock sequence and it just takes fucking forever dude because the Santa like runs in and like knocks this woman down and then the killer comes in and and apparently kills this woman because later Santa's fucking like bumbling around this place <laughs> uh and he like walks into that woman and she's like strung up like the fucking predator had at her like up by her fucking feet yeah oh yeah completely nude for for no reason really except to up the body count and, and a lot of this sequence is santa just stumbling around and it's it's really dark like it's shot in a dark hallway where you can't really make out what's happening for for like 
I don't know, 20 to 30 seconds at a time. Yeah, with this big orchestral soundtrack happening, like, it's just a big nothing. Like, it, it's padding, right? Like, big time. Yeah, it's just really just so they can, like, freak this Santa out before he's murdered. <laughs> I guess. Because there's, like, all these, like, demon signs and everything. Well, there's all these, like, demon masks and everything all over. But uh, the killer's, like, taking, like, fake knives and shit out of places, and he just stabs the shit out of this guy right in his stomach again. Yeah, it just, like, it, like, it just ends abruptly after all that buildup. It's like, oh. Oh, okay. Like, immediately. And then, like, Harris is all pissed off because the chief, like, uh, wants to employ, like, decoy Santas out on the street. And, like, he's like, oh, this is going to be my last case and blah, blah, blah. Like, they, they, they're they going to fire me or whatever. Um, And they do. I'm more shocked that Cliff and Kate are still to, are still a couple, to be perfectly honest. I didn't even buy them as a couple to begin with, man. Uh, me, me either, but, like, after the whole Sharon thing where he, like, stayed behind because he had a chance of getting laid, and he was, like, might as well have been feeling her up outside that building. Like, I don't know how Kate doesn't just knock his fucking ass off. Or, like, knock knock him on his ass. I don't know why the fuck she goes to that Christmas carnival with him. That's what I'm saying. Also, like, a Christmas carnival? Is that a thing, or is that just for the movie? I don't know. Maybe in England it is. Ah, uh, yes. We have our Christmas carnival, <laughs> where we get our Christmas-themed uh, kernels of popcorn. It gets some figgy pudding there. They make it special. Oh, maybe. Figgy pudding on a stick? Hey, you know, that actually sounds pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, it does. We gotta have our friends across the pond tell us if that's a thing, like, Christmas carnival thing. I feel like... Eh, didn't we just see that in, like, Frosty Returns? Maybe. Maybe it's a thing. <laughs> Maybe. God, Frosty Returns. Winter Festival, some shit like that. Anyway, instead of clowns, it's Santas. And uh, they go they go out on stage. It's these two guys dressed up as Santa, and they're, like, giving presents out or whatever. And this is one of my favorite kills of the movie because <laughs> these Santas go backstage and this one dude smoking a cigarette, like, waiting, I don't know what, on his break. And the killer shows up and kicks out a fucking boot knife, like, out of the front of his boot, and kicks this guy in the fucking stomach with it? Yeah, I thought it was the goddamn Joker. Oh, it was great, man. And then he stabs him in the throat and kills his ass. And this other Santa's like, hey, what are you doing, buddy? And he just straight up stabs him in the fucking eye. And, like, when this dude drops to the ground, his eye is, like, slowly falling out of its socket and, like, and like oozing down the side of his cheek. It's pretty good. Yeah, and then the killer looks at the screen and goes... Now here we go. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh yeah, so that's two more people down. Yeah, and then we're back to fucking flute busking again, man. You think this guy, like, he's not even like wearing a hat or anything, like a scarf, or, you know what I mean? Like a like a hat with like holly on it or anything, like a top hat or some shit, like fluting up, playing Christmas songs. I don't even know what he's playing on the fucking flute. Uh, no, he just is wearing like a Canadian tuxedo and like <laughs> just wasting everybody's time, hurting everybody's eardrums. And Kate is there with him. Why? They're, they're just there so that Harris can fucking bump into them and be like, oh, hey, uh, Kate, you somehow, some way have uh, uh, some kind of thing for me. Uh... You want to come by sometime? Here's my card. Call me whenever. Bye. And then Cliff's just like, huh, okay. That was strange. You think that old man's hitting on you or what? Probably. So then we cut back to the station and uh, uh, Kelly Baker's there again, the stripper from um, the Peep Show. And she's getting interrogated because, well, not, I guess just questioned because uh, of the guy who, you know, the guy who got a throat slit in the Peep Show. And again, she's like, oh, I, she, they're like, did you see his face? And she's like, yeah, I saw his face, but not really, because he was wearing a mask, and there was blood all over the glass, so I couldn't see him. And they're like, okay, so you didn't see him. And she's like, no, I saw his face. 
But I didn't. His eyes were like they were smiling back at you. <laughs> no, thank God she doesn't say that, no. No, she does say it. She says it also. She says the smiling thing? Yeah, she also says it. That's why I'm saying it's like this weird thing where people keep saying this, and then when you see it, when you find out it's Giles at the end, it's like, this guy does not look like like his, he's smiling back through his eyes. He looks demented. Even the, even, well, I guess maybe the mask does that, because again, it's that weird thing where you can see the, pe- the person's face through the mask, but the mask is also a face with features on it. It's weird so then so then like they try to call a car to bring her home because they're like all right you should probably not go back to work he knows where you are he could go and kill you and she's just like eh, fuck that and then she starts walking home or, or walks back to work she walks back to the peep show and gets right back in the booth and you hear her mother from off screen like oh that's great we were losing money without you that's right because big mama's there dude doing abortions in the back you think she's gonna you know, she's not gonna let her fucking go home she's got money to make no she's got a suckling baby to deal with shortly oh, the okay now we have the british version of the suckling now happening in the back room yeah parallel dimension possibly it yeah i would say so the, the branch timeline for sure the uh, the suckling uh, reloaded. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, let's make it happen one day. <laughs> so she's she goes back there, and of course, Giles, you know exactly who it is. Giles walks in. He's like, "Hey, how you doing?" He's like, "He's like, are you, uh, um, you're hot or whatever." And she's like, "Yeah, well, pick up the phone and you can talk to me." And she's like, "Oh yeah, you want me to take my boobies out? We'd have a five pounds for the boobs." And uh, I'll take all my clothes off for 10 pounds and 50 pounds. We'll do whatever you want. And he's like, just standing at her, looking at her. And then she just looks at him and she's like, it's you, the guy. And he like bursts through the fucking glass at her, trying to get her. Oh, yeah. He he punches through it. It's he he fucking I know what you did last summer through this fucking he Ben Willis is this fucking uh, plate glass window. He decides to chase her down in broad daylight like foot chaser. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she th- she thinks he gets she thinks she gets away at one point. She hides behind like a wall and she can't see him. And then he comes from like off screen and just like grabs her by the fucking hair. But and then he like ushers her down this fucking these, these stairs into again, like this maniac basement where there's like a giant bed or something like a room. Yeah, and he just, like, ties her up with, like, this chain, and is like, he's like, you'll stay here for a while. He he has this whole fucking thing where he's like, you're a dirty person, and, and you you know, you got a filthy soul, and you're selling your souls, you're not selling seduction, and you gotta be punished, so you're gonna stay here and think about what you did, and then I'm gonna come back and kill you. Bye. Uh, yeah, and, like, during this whole, like, uh, situation, we do get a quick scene where, um... Where where Kate so, she calls Harris for the basically trying to set up that uh date or what have you, and Mrs. Sherry picks up and she's like, oh he's at Parklands, and then she's like, what's Parklands? And she's like, oh just like Hagrid, I thought of immediately. Oh I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. He doesn't he doesn't want anybody knowing about Parklands. Ah forget I ever said that. Have a nice day. <laughs> now Parklands is the is the mental institution. Right, that his brother, who you find out later is Giles, is from. But, like, these characters never really interact in the film on camera. That I think that has to do with the fact that, like, so much was rewritten and moved around because they never cross paths. There's never anything like, oh, I found out my brother escaped 
from the psych the psych ward and I and it's it's him obviously it's clear because of that thing that happened when we were kids but it never does that ever and we'll get to it but yeah it just doesn't make any sense yeah for now Powell lets Cliff off because he's like all right it's definitely not you bye get out of the movie and he does (laughs) all right thank you for having me (laughs) thank you generous host and he fucking leaves yeah steps right off frame Goodbye. Yeah, and then we take a ride to Piccadilly Circus because this fucking, another drunk fucking Santa Claus is trying to get into this theater. Um, probably, the, you know, David Kessler's there. He's about to turn into a fucking werewolf, and it's a whole thing. Pee-wee's in the corner jerking off, too. It's a whole thing. I uh, just thank God Jeffrey Jones isn't there. Yeah, see you next Tuesday. So so Santa, like, basically bumps into the killer. Uh, sort of, because he's outside, and he's, like, peeping in a fucking bathroom window, and... And then he decides to run back into the theater, and this guy who threw him up before is like, all right, get back here, you! And he, like, runs down the fucking stairs and into this theater. And then Giles just happens to walk in and follow him. And then we're introduced to a fucking Caroline Monroe concert. She's only here to sing. Like, at this point in her career, was she just, like, trying to push her music career or something? I mean, I guess so. Uh, I I don't know, but it's very forced and unnecessary, but we have, like, a song just put in the middle of this sequence. I fucking love it. It's the song from the beginning of the movie. It's called I'm the Warrior of Love, sung by Carolyn Monroe. Um, and it's just basically like a music video for Carolyn Monroe while this fucking Santa gets chased around this <laughs> this theater. Yeah, it keeps cutting from her singing with the band behind her to this, like, mysterious hand walking around with, like, a fucking giant machete with a bladed tip. A hook tip. Yeah, it's like, uh, uh I forget what they're called, but it's for, like, uh, doing, like, crops, right? Like, it's long-handled, like, uh, not a scythe, um... It's like a, sh- it's got a short hook on the end. Anyway, this poor, f- this fucking asshole gets killed like off screen. Yeah, it's a little disappointing, honestly. Yeah, kind of, su- especially for the setup because it takes forever. We play like the entire song. Well, that's what I was gonna say, Joe. We gotta get that whole song in there. The entire "I'm the Warrior of Love" song plays, and then he gets killed off screen and like just like pops up, and then Caroline Monroe just fucking screams, and uh, we got another dead Santa. <laughs> Another tear wept. <laughs> Another dead Santa. He's a real dead Santa. He's a dead <laughs> Santa Claus. And then Kate goes to the doctor at fucking, uh, I'm pretty sure she goes down to the to the uh, mental institution, does she not? Yeah, she goes to Parklands. Yeah. Um, and, and, and she finds out that, like, Harris doesn't actually exist, and he's using, like, a pseudonym, and his real last name is Harrison. Yeah, but isn't that his last name? Well, right, because when well, they do go to dinner at one point, and his, she finds out his first name is Ian. You changed your name from Harrison to Harris. It's a little suspicious, no? It's pretty uh, obvious, too. Yeah, you didn't really change much. Well, nobody would know me if it was Harris and not Harrison, you know? Then we uh, then, then we see Sherry again, and the killer comes in and just uh, just puts on some Christmas music and then leaves again. Which doesn't make any sense to me, but okay. Especially for, like, his motivations later and the conversation he has later. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe he thinks it's torture. Ah, this'll teach her! Put on the bing! I think he's a fucking... It- oh, yeah, right? Oh, that, now she's now she's really liking it fucking bing. The, the, the master crooner comes on, yeah. Put the Fred Astaire album on. <laughs> Just throw on the White Christmas record. Fuck it. 
He he's sitting in the corner bleeding out of the ears while Sherry's like <laughs> bopping around in the bed. This one's great because we like cut to the mall for whatever reason. Now I think this is one of the scenes that was like switched around for like it was put earlier in the film uh, in that UK DVD cut, but um. It's just this guy who's, you know, he's dressing up as the mall Santa at fucking golems, right? Maybe there's an elf running around there. We don't know. Possibly. It's possible. Haggerty, this is why Haggerty gets the job, too. Because this guy fucking goes into the bathroom to take a piss. And they make sure that you see him pissing, right? (laughs) Oh, they do. For sure. And uh, Giles comes out of the fucking stall with his straight razor and cuts this guy's dick off. (laughs) And it's just shooting blood all over the fucking urinal. It's great. Yeah, it might be the best part of the movie. It's the best kill of the movie, in my opinion. Because especially you see the guy's face after his dick gets cut yeah. off. It's just, oh! oh! And all the blood spraying in his face. Yeah, they just see, like, his hands bloodied, like, knuckles, like, sliding down the side of, like, where the urinals is. Oh, uh, it's great, dude. And uh, the Santa in Elves got killed the same way. He got stabbed in the dick. Yeah. So, so this has to be, like, the branch timeline, right? I, I can see it. I mean, if anything, parallel dimension again. So then, you know, of course, the janitor finds the fucking body, and we kind of move on. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, Kate goes to dinner with Giles, Christmas dinner, because it's, uh, well, it's Christmas Eve right now, right? Well, she goes with Harris. Oh, excuse me, yeah. Or, excuse me, yeah, he goes. she goes with Harris. And um, what do they talk about over? Don't they? Is there anything even poignant that they talk about? They're just like, yeah, it's it's Christmas and we're having turkey or something. He talks about how he's been suspended from his job. That's it. He said he's fired. Right. He's like, well, uh, he's like, oh, I might as well have been fired, but not officially. Officially, I'm suspended indefinitely. Figgy pudding. Mm, yes. And then it just cuts, and she's like back at her apartment. Just out of a shower? Uh, yeah, like I was super confused about that. I thought I missed something. I thought she was in the bathroom at the uh, at the restaurant. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's weird. Or maybe she is. I don't know. It's just strange because then, like, also I want to note that there's no way in hell uh, they would have just made a walk-in order on Christmas Eve to that restaurant uh, because literally Cliff's there trying to get Kate back and. Uh, he gets kicked out because he's not dressed nice enough. You're telling me that fucking Harris didn't either A, plan this ahead of time, or B, just, like, know somebody to get that table? Dude, he's, like, a detective, of course, or he's a constable or whatever. Like, of course he does. Uh, It's either that or he might have already had plans to eat there, like he does, like, every Christmas by himself, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he was going to have dinner with Giles, and he, did, and he was like, you know what? Fuck him. <laughs> Maybe oh I can't find him because uh, he's gone from the mental institution. But I'm not gonna panic. It's it's the police's problem now, and I'm fired. <laughs> Even though he totally should. Yeah, I could have solved this weeks ago, but I you know <laughs> it was my brother. I would never have thought. So Giles just appears behind Kate, and Kate's like, "Oh, I have to call Harris," and she makes the dumb decision to tell Giles that like she knows that Giles is Harris's brother. Yeah, that was really stupid on her part, especially like this guy. He comes in. And she's like, you're not allowed in here. And he's like, I'm a member of society. I can go wherever I want. It's like, all right, he's unhinged already. Uh, Yeah. But she mentions that, like, yeah, he would visit his brother in the mental institution every year. And he he, he was such a nice guy. What, you know, why why are you so mean? And then she and then she literally says, Giles, did you kill my father? And he says, yes, I did. (laughs) 
I sure did. Sorry about that, kiddo. It's a shame. In fact, I enjoyed it. He was in that Santa regalia. I couldn't help it. I couldn't wait to shove that giant toothpick up his ass. <laughs> he needed to pay for Christmas. Christmas is a curse, I said. And so, this actually took me by surprise because... um. He, he kills Kate. He stabs the shit out of her. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah. He chokes her with the garland and then just starts stabbing her in the stomach. And uh, so then uh, her body is found later. Well, Powell goes to call her and she, like, picks up the phone as she's being killed and like, oh, shit, we should probably go down there. Right. And they do. And yeah. And that's it. And then apparently, like, one of the officers is like, oh, excuse me, sir. We think we saw him running down the street. And... It's just, like, this half-ass thing where, like, Giles is in, like, a fucking parking garage or some shit. Like, where the fuck is this place, man? Ah, I don't know, but he kind of evades them very easily. But Powell's right on him because he's, like, going through this place, like, looking in a car and, like, looking for him. And Giles, like, hooks up the fucking battery of this car to, like, a metal girder and coerces Powell to open the car, this car door and it electrocutes him to death and this fucking car like explodes. Eh, fuck him if he's that stupid. No, it's just weird. It's fucking so strange. I, I, I honestly thought that Powell was the killer for a good chunk of this and then I was kind of surprised it was Giles. I was like, Giles, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it? Who knows? I mean, it clearly is, but. <laughs> is it, Sean? We'll never know. It could be a fever dream. Based on the way it ends, sure. <laughs> so Giles, like, after he kills Powell, goes back to, to uh, Kelly Baker or Sh Sherry, whatever her name is. And she's, like, tied, still tied up on the bed. And he's like, he's like, ah, I hate Christmas. I hate it. Here's a, here's a peach I brought for you. And he, like, unties her. And she's, like, eating this fucking peach. And she's like, don't you, what, what do you mean you hate Christmas? You don't like Christmas? Like, you know, with the colored lights and the garland and mom's figgy pudding and the Christmas music and the Christmas tree. And he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, Christmas! She ends up hitting him in the fucking head with a two by four. Now, she can't get out because the door's locked. This is the point where Giles fucking kills her because he's like, well, I'll let you live for a little longer because it's Christmas Day or something. Um... All right, maybe I'll let you still live a little longer. And he, like, ends up taking out the key to the door, and he's like, you ain't getting anywhere out there with, without this. Well, then she immediately knocks it out of his hand and fucking escapes with it. She, like, knocks him down. She, like, jumps on him to get the key, and then she's, like, on the bed. And he says this weird fucking line, like, this, you're gonna be, it's Christmas Day, I had to wait for Christmas Day because it, you're the supreme sacrifice to the supreme evil, that's Christmas! And then he, she hits him in the face with, like, a fucking chain and then does him in and is able to get out. Yeah, the chain, the chain that was, like, binding her previously. Now, why wouldn't you just run out of this building? This woman runs up like 10 flights of fucking <laughs> stairs. Well, because we need this uh, chasing the, the top off the movie. It's pretty great. I'm not going to lie. Well, Ch well, Giles grabs those chains and, and is chasing her with her. And I kept thinking of like Jacob Marley because he keeps hitting him against the railing on these, uh, these stairwells. Very poetic. Yes. I'm sure Dickens would be proud. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely not rolling in his grave right there. <laughs> Yeah, he's smacking the fucking, he's smacking like, the, he's like Patrick Bateman in there, right? Like going oh, yeah. up the fucking stairs with the chainsaw. Well, he doesn't have a chainsaw, but. It's like a re uh, reverse Bateman. Kind of. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he gets to the top, and um, he just takes his sweet-ass time. He could have killed this girl at any point because he dispatches everybody else in, like, 0.5 seconds in this fucking movie, and he's dicking around with a fucking chain. And somehow she gets near the rail... Now, we're at the top floor, mind you. She gets near this railing, and he, like, goes to hit her with a chain. She dodges it, grabs it from underneath the railing, and then pulls the chain, which causes him to flip over the fucking railing and fall straight down to the ground in the middle of this fucking building, like, through all the staircases. It's great. He goes plummeting to his fucking death, and it looks funny as hell. Yeah, I mean, he falls, like, ten stories. He's not waking up. Or does he? Ah, I kind (laughs) of hate this. Because she goes down there to check the body for some insane reason, and this fucking body jumps at her and and grabs her. But we don't see what happens. It cuts. No, it just cuts to a flashback. Now we see Giles as a little boy. It's Christmas time. Him and, I guess, Harris is there, or Ian is there. Um, and Santa comes and delivers the presents, and they're giving presents to each other. He gets a little pocket knife, and they're like, oh, and his mom's like, you're a big boy now, uh, Giles. You have your um, Swiss Army knife. You're a big boy. Okay, big boys need to go up to bed so the rest of the people can drink down near the adult time for Christmas. Go to bed, kiddo. And as soon as he gets that pocket knife, he goes right to, like, the blade part and starts stabbing the air with it. I'm like, okay, kid, calm down. He also has the corkscrew out so i don't know if he's gonna booze it and lose it or what uh yeah he goes upstairs and he goes in i i assume it's his his bedroom but his dad is there dressed like santa claus fucking this chick on his bed i guess and it's clearly not his mother because he starts screaming get the hell out of here get the hell out of here (laughs) so his mother comes up and he gets up and he's like, get out of here. And he like backhands the kid and then like smacks the mother and she falls down the fucking stairs, I guess, and dies. I mean, it's heavily implied she dies. Yeah, they don't really tell you, though. And then it like flashes to Harris and he wakes up out of like a dream. So it's like, well, did he dream all of that other shit and he was the killer or what? Or... Is it just bad editing and they're like, the only way to connect this is to put it here for some reason? Oh, big time. And like, everything else happened and then like, Harris is just having this nightmare as he awakes up and kills Sherry. Yeah. Uh, and they're just like, ah, fuck it, connect it here, throw the dream sequence here. Just, I, I don't know the logic, but you're right. Is the whole thing a dream? Is it just bad editing and he just had the dream of the flashback? But I think, I think that was the ending where Giles falls and then the jump scare and then kills her and then it would would have ended. But again, they they said uh, when they were doing the reshoots that they shot the original ending too. So I think this might be tacking it on and kind of having their cake and eating it too, kind of. Yeah, because, you know, if you're going to do this effect, you're not going to throw it on the cutting room floor. No. <sighs> because Harris gets up. And <laughs> yeah. plus they do set it up earlier in the movie, which I guess you could argue they could cut. they could have cut both scenes. But here we are. So the the titular don't open till Christmas TM package is on the table. And Harris wakes up out of a sound sleep, I guess from the nightmare, pours himself a nice little scotch, grabs his Christmas present, and guess what? He opens it up, and he sees the the tag, and it says, From your loving brother, Happy Christmas. And he's like, that's that's weird. He's I he's he wasn't in the mental institution. I wonder where he was. Uh, I, I don't know why the movie's not explaining that, but okay, I'm never gonna meet him, and I'm never gonna have confront him. But I guess I'll open his Christmas present. 
and it's like a music box. Specifically a Santa Claus music box. The thing that he should immediately be like, wow, my brother had a problem with Santa Clauses. Why would he buy me this? Instead, he's just like, huh, okay. So he opens it up, and it's playing, and he puts it on the, the table, and you, let me ask you a question. Do you think you think Joe Petto made this fucking thing? I think so. If he didn't, his son did. That's for sure, right? I don't think Giles knew, and he bought it from Joe Petto as like a as just like a a peace offering to his brother. Oh no, he knew. He knew. You think so? All right, I guess so. Yeah, J- yeah. Pino sold it to him in a fucking alley. Yeah. He's like, hey, you know what? Look at I got this uh, black market stuff here, uh, <laughs> Giles. This is what you really need. This will blow your brother to kingdom come. How about a Larry the Larva? Now I'll take the blow up Santa music box. It's ironic. <laughs> take the blow up Santa, please. It's poetic. So, uh, so, so Harris sits in his fucking chair, takes one sip of scotch, and this thing blows up, and he presumably dies because we cut to fucking credits. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to take a wild guess and say the effect didn't look as good in the end because, like, he was kind of far away from it. Like, enough of it was a real explosion, like shrapnel's at least getting him. But I, I, my, my guess is they cut it where they did because the rest of the effect did not look good. Probably. So what what gift is this under our Christmas tree? Man, uh, this is a shirt that you get from a relative that you're never going to wear. Oh, you well, okay, I have a similar Go on, go on. Uh, you know, it you know, there's good intentions. They uh you know, I guess you could argue that some people just buy whatever just to get their Christmas shopping over, but I'm, I'm saying there was good intentions here. They bought it, they thought it was something that you would like, but it's not your style at all, not at any day of the year, not at the nicest affair, or or at your slummiest, let's put it that way. <laughs> you just would never wear it ever in, in under any circumstance, so it's just like, hey, do you got a receipt? Kind of thing. Right. But it's like that relative that you don't want to ask because it's always a hassle. Uh, listen, like, I don't like this movie. It's not the worst thing I've watched this year on this show by any stretch of the imagination. Like, some of the kills are kind of cool. Like, I like, uh, that one where it's the back-to-back Santas is pretty good. And, uh, I like the one with the, uh, garrote wire to start things off. Oh, dude, we somehow missed, we just glazed over the one where he fucking puts that gun right in that guy's mouth and blows his brains out. That's a great one. Oh, yes, yes. I actually forgot that even happened. Oh, my God, that was insane. That was a good one. Uh, so so the kills are pretty good. I mean, some not so good. I mean, I get that that second Santa that gets killed with the uh, the foot knife. Uh, when you see his eyes, it almost looked like his eyeballs like sliding out of the side of his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, for the most part, the kills are good. I just I, – the overall film didn't do it for me. It was just like, all right, it's another Santa dying. Like, I, I, I don't care about any of these characters – and uh, again, it is a slasher film. I know that's like a whatever thing for some people, but for me, it just like I kind of needed it for this film, and that just knocks it down a little. So yeah, it's that shirt you're never gonna wear. They meant well. They weren't trying to do you dirty, but but it just didn't work out. And uh, this will be laying somewhere near the, the the upper echelon of the dumpster, you know, right <laughs> below the egg crates and the. Uh, the leftover turkey and ham, you know, once you uh, get through this Christmas holiday, when you, when you're sick of making those sandwiches and just it, it's dried out, you, you you throw this movie in first, and then you cover it in the uh, dry turkey bits. Uh, this is an ugly Christmas sweater for me that I get, that I got from an aunt. Okay, now on the outside, it's the most terrible fashion you've ever seen, right? Most people are not ever going to be caught dead wearing that fucking sweater. 
It's itchy. It, it's got a big stupid, I don't know what, fish on it with a Santa hat or something. Like, you'd never wear it out. It's like five different fucking colors. Um, it's not made very well, right? But, but you know, I'm into the weird shit. Um, I'm into the goofy shit. Uh, you throw that, you throw that sweater into the washing machine, give it a good wash. It's not so itchy anymore. Actually, it's pretty comfortable, you know, stretch it out a little bit, live in it a little bit. And, uh, it's, it's quite cozy, albeit, uh... A fashion sin, right? And that's kind of how I feel about this movie. Uh, it is exploitation through and through. It's a, it's like it's British exploitation, though, right? So it's kind of like a raw meat, or um, you know, the last or the or the day after Halloween, or the what is it? The night of Hall? I think it's the day after Halloween. Sure. Which is not which is not very good. This is better than uh, that movie for sure. Not not as good as Raw Meat, but it's it's pretty good. But it's it's dirty, it's gritty, it's um, it's eighty four, but it feels aggressively seventies. Um, especially uh, I guess in England at the time. I love the fucking di- I love the Caroline Monroe uh, disco music fucking running throughout this. The score is kind of all over the place, but I kind of like it a lot. And the fucking kills are great. Um, I laughed out loud. A number of times. Um, it's it's a good time. It's not my favorite by any means. I mean, I would definitely slip this in there for a uh, for a marathon if you if you're having a party or something for sure. Um, it's not written well. It feels hodgepodge together. I mean, it's already low budget, right? And it's all and then it's already you know there's three different fucking directors trying to like make sense of this, and then of course in editing and everybody's rewrites and shit, and it's it's not particularly well put together or made, but it has a it has a brand a stink if you will to it that i that i'm into um it's definitely my brand for sure yeah not as good as like silent night deadly night or or christmas evil or um you know black definitely not black christmas jesus christ that takes the fucking taco for best uh um slasher of all time but um i think it's fun i i really want to see it i want to see that uk version because i want to see it re-edited I want to see all that. I want to see those two minutes of uh, whatever. I guess gore that was chopped. And I want to see it in like a widescreen format all cleaned up. Because it's a sin how fucking dark some of the shit is um, in um, in the VHS release. But yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's a fine time. It's a pretty good time. And again, not the best, but not the worst. It ain't no bloody New Year. That's for sure. Uh, that, that fucking movie sucks. But yeah, definitely. I mean, if you haven't seen this one, definitely check it out. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Is it streaming anywhere, Sean? I don't think so. Um, I don't think this one was. I mean, it might be on Amazon Prime, but uh, we again we watched my Vestron tape. Um, a rip of that. If you look like it does, you know, people have uploaded it like on Daily Motion. Like there's a there's oh, yeah. a rip of it, but I don't know how good the quality is. I, I skimmed it. It's a little brighter than the VHS cut, but it, it, it's still like you know like 360p. So is it even worth your time? Uh, I, I would be interested, kind of like the Kindred, to maybe see this on a higher quality version. Because, yeah, some of those scenes were just so dark. Like, maybe I'm not missing anything, but I felt like I was. Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah. I mean, again, I, I would say surface-level dumpster. Again, it's a shirt that's not for me, but it's for somebody else. Maybe my brother would want it. Maybe you would want it. Maybe, so, yeah, somebody walking by takes it off the fucking top of the dumpster that needs it, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, maybe I could give it to Dobby. He, I know he's always <laughs> looking for clothes. Master gave Dobby sweater! I love the LA Lakers! <laughs>
Don't open till Christmas? Okay. Just fucking blows up the little <laughs> elf. <laughs> and then he explodes like some kind of Inspector Gadget uh, letter. Yeah. And then you just you just hear Harry Potter from outside coming in on Christmas Day. <sighs> You're making me work on fucking Christmas. All right, I gotta bury you. Come on, Dobby. <laughs> Gets up, picks up the shovel that's in the corner. Yeah. Heads out to the backyard again. Um, I definitely want to track down the... Uh, I want to look more into the the Spanish Blu-ray. Um, I want to see what the runtime is and and all that kind of stuff and the quality and stuff. But I probably I'm probably going to scoop that up for sure because I don't think anybody's put out or maybe maybe Vinegar Syndrome will put it out next year or Severin or something. Who knows? We shall see. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, that this is it. This is the last episode. This is the last mainline episode for 2021. And uh, thanks for sticking around and listening to the show. And thanks for all the support. Thanks for all the reviews. Thanks for all you people on Patreon. You know, uh, for your Patreon subscriptions and and patronage uh, <laughs> uh, to the show. Yeah, we like uh, talking to you guys. I mean, we love doing that on all the. Uh you know, YouTube and Instagram, Facebook and everything else. But over on Patreon, we get a little bit more of that uh, one-on-one time, I guess we'll call it. Yeah, a little bit more, a little bit more personal, you know? Yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot more fun that way where we can, um, we can put some time aside to hang out and talk to you guys like in a real way in real time, you know? So that's kind of neat. Um, it's like a phone call with your friends while we yeah. watch movies, you know? Oh yeah. Especially those watch alongs. Exactly. Yeah. The watch along specifically. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm still beside myself. It's been a whirlwind of the of the past few years, you know what I mean? Especially, especially this year. And I just want to say thank you to everybody, like from the bottom of my heart. And I hope you have an amazing holiday. Um, and thanks for listening to the show. And we will catch you in uh, 2022 with some good stuff. And uh, don't forget to go over to that Instagram because we got that. We still have that uh, contest running, that giveaway, that huge giveaway we got where I forgot to put in like two of the fucking things that we were supposed to give away <laughs> by accident because I was rushing around like a fucking maniac because Christmas is in four days. You're like the uh, McAllister family at the airport. You're just trying to get to that goddamn flight on time. J- Cue that fucking John Williams score, dude. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so oh, what do you get in that prize bag? You get a you get a Trashing Through the Snow t-shirt. You get a uh, Trashing Through the Snow sticker, movie dumpster stickers, movie dumpster air freshener, pin, uh, a fucking Turbo Man action figure with the arms and legs that move and the Rock'em Sock'em jetpack and the whole thing. Um, two, two turtle doves. Mr. Duncan's two turtle doves <laughs> you get. Two turtle doves. And let me tell you something. Whoever wins that, you better give it to somebody that you really care about, you know? Give it to a good friend, that other that other dove. Um what else we got cooking in there? We got a Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation VHS. We're going to have an Elves uh, soundtrack on vinyl from TerrorVision Records, which is pretty fucking cool. We got that uh, Jack Frost 2 Blu-ray from MVD Rewind Collection, MVD Entertainment, with a commentary track by the very famous and amazing Tony from Hack the Movies is on there, so don't forget that. Uh, what else we got? Oh, and a, Chris, uh, uh, a Movie Dumpster Christmas ornament, too. Yes. There's not that many of those out there, so... No, it's very special. It's a very special thing. So, and they're handmade uh, by us. So, that's that's a cool thing from us to you. <laughs> but yeah, do, oh, and do us a favor. Spotify has just uh, rolled out their rating system, so now you really can rate us wherever you get your podcast. Because Spotify now has the uh, the five star rating. You could do it on Apple. You could do it on Google Podcasts. Um, do us a favor. Go rate us five stars if you dig the show. Leave a review. That. 
would be the greatest Christmas present ever for us. Um, if you could take, you know, two minutes of your time and do that, uh, we'd really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we're super thankful for all you guys listening, guys, gals, everything in between. And we hope you have a great holiday and we will see you in the new year. And yeah, we will, we'll, we'll see you then. So that's it. That's Don't Open Till Christmas from 1984, directed by Edmund Purdom. If you want some more good, bad, and god-awful movie goodness, head over to moviedumpsterpodcast.com and follow us on all of your favorite social media and streaming platforms. You can also head on over to our Patreon page and sign up for the 2 5 or $10 tiers for monthly exclusive content, or drop by our merch store and grab yourself uh, some non-committal swag. Yeah, and for no money at all, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts to support your favorite show. I'm Joel Escola. And I'm Sean O'Rourke. Thanks for visiting the dumpster and have a happy new year.